0: hey everybody welcome back to kind of libertarian mikey turpin what's happening brother uh,
1: what's up man how you feeling
0: uh allergies got me hurting man
1: <laughs> yeah we here. need here we needed just a, a warning a trigger warning potential nose bleeding ble- or blow bleeding potential <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nose uh you know whatever snotty thing might happen
0: <laughs> it might happen on this yeah my nose.
1: Yeah, allergies have been kicking in, and I've lost my sense of taste. I don't know what's going
0: on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like the biggest, the biggest buzzkill, the, um, the biggest cock lock is allergies, man. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, you're hanging out with some girl, and you're like, you can't be cool. You know, like, if you're, like, blowing your nose. I actually remember going on a hike with this girl many, many years ago, who I was kind of into, and, through um, the whole hike, I could not stop blowing my nose. And then we get back to her place and she's like, Hey, let's hang out. And I was so miserable. Like, nah, I gotta go home. It was like, i blew the whole thing. You know, I just like, what am I going to do? Like, let's make out oh, hold on. Let me blow my nose first. You know, it's just, no. that's actually really
1: funny, man. That, that actually makes me think of a lot of things. Unfortunately, I, nothing like insanely comes to mind, but one time I was going to go on a date and I had one of the most obnoxious pimples on my nose it was
2: insane
1: dude so i what i had is i i got one of my friends to put concealer on it oh. and but it looked great in the lighting in which we were putting it on i'm like wow this looks amazing and then when we got to where we were going and i got to this like bar i don't know what it looked like to her she never made a comment but when i went into the bathroom i was like oh my god my nose it's like obnoxious amount of like makeup look, like it just stood out so crazy, (laughs) it was terrible.
0: Did you acknowledge it or
1: ignore it? I didn't tell her at all. No, we only (laughs) went out one time. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but there were other reasons why we didn't uh, work out. But but the concealer made me, honestly, (laughs) that probably put me in an uncomfortable place where even just the self-conscious nature, like you just knowing that you have allergies is going to affect your ability to attract a woman just because you're gonna be insecure about it, probably, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it tickles in the throat, like coughing and stuff, like when you're just like having an obnoxious cough. Have you ever like gotten over a cold and you still have that like dry throat and at any point in time you can just cough (laughs) and it like sounds disgusting? (laughs) That's the worst. That's the worst for that type of situation. It's the worst for podcasts and it's the worst for church.
0: Church, okay. <laughs> yeah, I
1: remember, like as like a kid, one time I had like a tickle in my throat in church, and I just could not stop coughing. Um I actually thought of a really good. So, like in jujitsu, sometimes, and believe it or not, I don't know if you get this at barber shops. You know, when they use the razor, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll get like a, a a ingrown hair, like an infected, like pimple thingy. from the 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 razor i don't know if it's not clean or if i need to clean it the second it's done but you know you get like shave bumps but that straight razor does a number sometimes on my neck it doesn't help that i do jujitsu so i get some on my knees i guess we're like you rub the hair off and then it just gets like an infected i don't know what it is i think it's a pasty white guy thing so i was (laughs) assuming maybe you could relate but but regardless (laughs) i get these like sweat pimple things i thought. It just, just in this past six months, I came up with like a brilliant solution, putting one of those little circle band-aids on it. I don't know why I never thought of that. I'm like, oh my God, nobody's going to ask you or they're not going to care. Or you could just say, oh, I got a little cut or I got a, like a little thing that whatever, right. whatever yeah. it is. You, it doesn't, and if, even if you tell them what it is, uh, I was rate, somebody shaving and a little rate shaving incident and whatever, they're not going to like, they're not going to feel as gross as looking at the, this giant, practically boil whatever whatever the hell you have on you that's so gross
0: do you think that maybe psychedelics could be a solution for this for this kind of thing in terms oh. of the way we are we're so consumed by ourselves. you know it's just oh. like wait a minute if i was if i was tripping right now i probably would not even are you know ready think about it
1: i i'll tell you this it's funny When I have a couple memories of of tripping and looking at something like a little tiny cut or a little, little tiny pimple on me and it like seems so monolithic. Like, oh, my God, that thing looks terrible. There's this, like, you know, especially if you, like, pop it and there's, like, a tiny hole, you know, where you can, like, oh, see yeah. it. I'm looking at that, like, oh, my God, that's, like, entering to my body. And <laughs> I'll just, like, imagine it as this, like, volcano opening or this thing. And then then I'll be, like, normal again and I'll look at it and I'll look fine. Your toes will really screw with you like that, too. Like, I have fairly okay toes, but like <laughs> one of my like big nails, I don't know what it is. It sounds gross to call it fungus. That sounds so bad to be like, I have toe fungus. Yeah, <laughs> on there. They they look better than a lot of people's I see, but you know, there's like a, like a thick, weirder looking thing. I'll look at my toe like tripping or something. I'll be like, God, dude, I got to stop looking at that. But, <laughs> but in general, I think you're right. There's, there would definitely, it could take the edge off, but I think a lot of things might take the edge off easier but could come with greater risk. Like I don't know what a, a muscle relaxer would do or some, or a, something like that, but that might be a better solution to get your pimple off your mind.
0: I don't know. The the, the um so for everyone listening, I'm I'm juggling a couple of things right now. No, sit over here. No.
2: Welcome to start help. juggling podcast action.
0: Yeah. I'm such a badass, right? Got Kids all over the place. <laughs> Here, just play, play Minecraft. I'm the best dad. Just play Minecraft first. Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a frustrating game. Are you good at that? <sighs> nah, man.
0: That's tough. You no, know, it's you know, it's hard. You know, I, I think about it like right now. It's just me with three kids and a dog, and um, and dude, I got it pretty good, man. Like I don't have to go into an office. Um, I can take them back and forth to school. No problem. Um, but then I think about there's people out there that have two, three jobs, single parents. They have no help. You know, they don't make, I mean, I make a good living. Like these people, a lot of these people don't make a good living. It's it, it's hard, man. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I I don't I never I can never say oh I know what the solution is to these problems I mean there's very various ideas that people might have but these kinds of things it's sad it does get very political in that you know if you see someone in a situation like that you'll see the democrats will be using them as a pawn say well we need to help this person you know and how do you plan on doing that and then of course they can look at republicans and they'll say, well, the Republicans don't wanna help the single mom with two kids and three jobs. So they're villains. It's like, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much yeah. deeper than that. And I don't know what the solution is. I, I say this a lot on the podcast. I don't know what the solution is, but I like to, to work it out in my head or through this podcast, we talk about things. You know, um, why are people in this situation? Lack of resources, um, lack of education, um, lack of support systems, family support systems. I mean, that's a really big part of it. If you, have a, if you have a strong support system within your family, you have parents, grandparents, cousins, uncles, aunts, they can all help out, you know? But not everyone has that. Um, right. And it, it's, it, it makes me, and that's a libertarian thing too. You know, I definitely hear a lot of libertarians will say things like, well, you know, it shouldn't be the government's responsibility. There are nonprofits for this. There's family. It's like, not everybody has family. You know, or not everybody has reliable family. Um, and not putting all those eggs in the basket of a nonprofit is absurd. Like, nonprofits can't take on all that responsibility. Of course, no. the government, you know, mis- mishandles a lot of money and-, and mishandles a lot of things too. So um, it's quite a conundrum, you know. I-, I sometimes wonder, and I'm not saying that I'm, you know, super altruistic or anything, but. Um, I sometimes what? think that people – hey, they're talking while I'm doing a podcast. Millions of people are listening to this. Yeah, come on.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. It probably wasn't uh, that important.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it was something before or after the nonprofits, but you were trying to – you were basically – I don't know if you – the specific line, but you get the idea about – uh, you were talking about the fact that, that these support systems, not everyone has them, not everyone has the means – to find them, the nonprofits can't take the weight of it. You know, uh, I don't know if there's more you want to say on that uh, now, but I had a conversation that really reminds me of what you're talking about right before we started this podcast. Okay. I was talking to a buddy of mine who he's this type of person. He doesn't know the solution. He is my friend who I refer to, who I refer to a lot because he's my go to mind and best friend when it comes to politics, because I like his litmus test. He's fairly anarcho. You know, he doesn't align with a lot of the anarchists. He doesn't necessarily see it as a hard solution, but he likes the lens in which you see the problems when you view things like that. And it's still sort of searching for what the solution is. And it can't be as simple as depending on one thing to solve a problem or assuming that this one thing will fix everything. And we were talking about, he actually hit me up asking, we used to do this thing called slam poetry. We were really into it. We, I was, I was on the, the, you know, I traveled to to Austin, Texas two years in a row for this nationals event. Um, I, we, him and I went up and, and played rooms and, and, Got to do some feature acts at at you know rooms in like New York, uh, Rhode Island, some stuff like that. So, for that scene, it's it's ironic because even though I only put so much into it and I was younger, it's probably as high up. Maybe jujitsu, I'm more well known, but in ways, it was probably as high up as I've ever made it in the pecking order of something. Not exactly the biggest ocean to be swimming in, but we 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 swam our way up. Fortunately, associated with good people in this slam poetry thing. Well what wound up happening was he was asking me if I knew anybody in the slam poetry scene that I thought held up, like, like he wanted to share it for, for some kids and he wanted to read them some poems from this slam poetry thing we did. And he asked if I knew anybody. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not, we started talking about some people and a lot of them were activists. A lot of them, one of them has a Ted talk now. And, and a lot of the people that that we knew were like that. And it was like, man, so many of these people that that are rallying for whatever they're standing up for, whether it's like uh, racially charged, whether it's politically charged, um, whether it is um, maybe gender charged—all of these things that 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 they're, they're charged by and fueled by—which I love and respect. Like I love a Malcolm X. I love that like fight for something, right? But the problem what they were doing was was they were making it sound like this was the problem and if only we could make people realize if only we we could make people realize this slice of oppression this slice of inequality if only people would realize that and atone for this or be play their part of balance in this specific thing all of life would just be solved that you know there's no reason to be fighting all of these other individual fights that that not everything is is so subjective they had it all figured out through the lens of their one of their identity of their fight of their cause it'd be like me trying to say guys the answer is we need to wake up spiritually we need to find our medicine we need to go out and have these cacti ceremony we need to go out and and drink you know ayahuasca we need to be in tune with mother you know earth we need to have these retreats we need to have yoga practice like maybe that solves something right like nonprofit organizations can solve something Family can solve parts of it. There's no one thing that will ever solve all of it. Awareness helps, right? And but But it's just deeper than that. So like as individuals, we can only, in my opinion, we can only see so much of that forest, whatever we can do, whatever we're charged to do hopefully it'll help but but i think the ultimate goal with this sort of thing is being aware of having positive effect trying to have positive effect on those like if you know people that are in the situation like you're talking about in your life trying to be a little bit of a help to them the community that's like the values of the anarcho sort of values which are like you look for your community you look for you know your uh, it's Tribalism is a bit more extreme, and it's been taken in some pretty extreme, unfortunate directions, which anarchy has as well. But the idea of a strong community, and and what my recommendation is when I hear this, I think of those communities. I think of the slam poetry scene. I think of the the, the jujitsu community. I think of the psychedelic community. And if you don't have family that can help. If you don't have that sort of thing, you might not have the time to find an easy support system, but looking for a support system. I think of the support system of AA. What a powerful support system. If you are willing to show up and be a part of that community, it will change your life, right? Like like not only will it change your life as far as addiction is concerned, those people are willing to help you. Somebody out there is willing to help you if you're willing to play synergy to that community and play role and do your part easier said than done. And it's only one piece of it. But when I hear this, I think of getting involved in something because that's what I've always done. I even think of the dog fashion disco community I was in now, could they help me out financially if I was in trouble? Maybe not, but I could think of people just involved in that little tight knit cult community of people and, and, and being a good friend to these people being a good community member, what they would do for me if I was in a time of need, um, if I really needed help. So when I hear something like that, I think of strong community and being an important, strong role in others' lives in a community and doing what you can, and then having the the favor return, that sort of karma. Not easy to do. And I don't know, maybe you got to look for like your Facebook groups. You got to, You got to look outside the box, maybe if you don't have the time or the space to do something, but like the church is there for people, churches, synagogue, whatever you do, um, they're typically there for people in need as long as, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like something you want to just agree to anything because I'm sure the KKK is that way with their people too. Right. You know, (laughs) but that, that's what I think of. I don't know if that, how much that ties in, but I was just thinking of that kind of stuff today. So it's funny you mentioned that.
0: Well, I do. I mean, I think community is very important. Um, And I think we lack that, you know, compared to the stories I heard from my parents and my grandparents, when they were growing up. And community was always very tight-knit and they always helped each other out. There's never a situation where there wasn't someone there to take care of the kids. You know, now, again, they were very fortunate. I mean, my my parents and grandparents weren't rich. I mean, they were mostly, my mom's side, they were all farmers. Um, And my dad's side, you know, my grandfather, I don't even think he finished high school. You know, he was just started working when he was like 16. So he just hustled his whole life. Um, but, you know, it, see, and this is where it gets slippery. You get that slippery slope because the government comes in and says, well, we want to fix this problem by the government. I say individuals, you know, within the government. And that's fine. I get it wanting to do that, but it's just time after time after time. It's like those good intentions don't always pan out the way they should, You know. So I don't know if you saw it this week, Biden was saying that they, he wants to do this thing where they're going to outlaw menthol cigarettes. Did you see that?
1: I did. I, you, you It's funny. But my first thought when you said that is, my answer for this is almost always no. So I get to play the buffer of like the, the people who don't know. I get to be like, no, Jeff, I don't know. Tell me. I did hear that, but go on.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So basically his point was the cigarette companies have been marketing to and targeting black communities for decades um in terms of selling menthol cigarettes. Um, so he's saying we should ban them to help the black community. But if you outlaw them, people are still going to smoke them. So now you're going to send cops in as if the black community doesn't have enough problems with the cops coming in all the time. Oh I smell weed. Oh well, I smell menthol cigarettes. What do you got on you? Oh a knife, a gun, a flamethrower? Oh, you're going to go to jail now. You know, it's like Like, the cops really want to bust people for for menthol cigarettes. And and understand, I fucking hate cigarettes. I fucking hate cigarettes so much. I think they're the dumbest things. You know, I always think it's funny that you'll see um, musicians that are like, you know, fuck the man or whatever, and they're smoking cigarettes. I'm like, dude, you're giving money to the man to kill you. Like it's, a, it's supposed to be so rebellious, this idea of smoking. But it's the absolute, it's like the antithesis of being rebellious, you know. So that's I, a
1: point I, right there, dude. That is a very that's a there there there's a punk rock song in that. That's a great point.
0: Because I used to have this sweatshirt, wow. the picture of the Marlboro Man on his horse, and it said, um, "I miss my lung, Bob." You know, it was kind of like a play on it. Yeah, I, I, I always hated that. I'm like, why? Why are you smoking cigarette after cigarette after cigarette? There's nothing, there's nothing badass about that. And of course, menthol. is on top of that. It's like, oh, here's some shards of fiberglass to put in your lungs. That's a great idea. But yeah, look, that's your. If you want to do that, that's up to you. Now, is it fucked up that the tobacco companies were targeting black communities for this? Fuck yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up that any 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 industry that um, creates something that can harm physically harm somebody can market to those people. I mean, we, we do it with kids and food. How many um, commercials have, do you remember growing up for Ronald McDonald or McDonald's? You know, you think that shit's for yeah. your kids? Fuck no, all that food is fucking poison. The food we eat, you know, the video games that kids watch for eight hours a day, that's fucking poisonous. You know, and we, we, we advertise to them, no problem. But now, for some reason, we're trying to save black people from menthol cigarettes. Get the fuck out of here. Come yeah,
1: on. Well, I mean, look at it like this, okay? Everything is marketed to its own niche audience, right? Sometimes the audience finds it and then it caters more to that. Yeah. But we're silly if we think cigarettes only market to black people. For instance, you just said the Marlboro Man. Who is that marketing to? Who who is are Winston cigarettes marketed to? Who's Misty? Who's Virginia Slims? Who are they marketed to? I used to work behind a, a register. I could tell you every single one who they're marketed to. And I, could see, I can read it clear as day on the box. I, can, I know a person. I, I, if somebody's walking up the counter to buy cigarettes, I almost always know when it's not for them and it's for their husband, not quite, but you know what I mean? Like there's an obvious market in all of this and we're so stupid, we are so stupid to think that the issue is the menthol and the cigarettes when it's so obvious that it's the cigarettes. Now, is the solution to ban them? No, I mean, things are geared towards, they make big league chew that looks like chewing tobacco for kids and it's baseball oriented because there are baseball players who spit tobacco. We make candy, we used to make candy cigarettes. Now, Now, who's that marketed to? Now I get that stuff like that gets outlawed and whatever, but it's, but it's beating around the main problem. The main problem is we have this, this platform to manipulate to, um, and then we raise the money on it and nobody cares. This is the thing. Nobody cares about the cigarette people, right? So they become slaves to 70 something. How many ever different chemicals that are addictive on top of nicotine right. that's put in these damn cigarettes. Right. And then they say, you know what? Who really cares if they raise the tax on cigarettes? Fuck those people for smoking anyway, you know? Like, right. And I, I find myself doing that. I find myself not caring about cigarette shit. Like I'm like, well, whatever. If they're going to tax something, tax that. If they're going to increase the price of something, that because I just, I forget to empathize and, and have compassion for the act of smoking. I hate cigarettes. I've smoked one cigarette in my whole entire life. Okay. Um, it's just not, it's nothing appealing to me, but, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's weird. The things that get people into it, it's rooted into us and all that. And then this gets to be some heroic thing. This gets to be some heroic liberal thing to say, we're going to do this for the black community. And they're ultimately really doing
0: nothing for them. What are they really accomplishing by doing that? Yeah. It's just weird. It's just like, of all the things you're going to do, exactly now there is evidence there is evidence that menthol cigarettes have been deliberately marketed to the black community i mean now, how does that work i don't i mean i don't know film do you I don't, know how that works they, however they i'm market, sure it is you know how they marketed. but there were, apparently there are some documents that showed these guys who were like yeah it's like I, it, I and i could be michael Rappaport always says always says this on his podcast he's like uh i'm not fact checking okay yeah but From what I understand, um, they were maybe the menthols were popular in the black community, so they just kept targeting targeting menthols. Because listen, as the years have gone by, there have been less and less sales of menthol cigarettes because more and more people are like, this is like the worst fucking cigarette you can smoke. Um, So there is evidence that they 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 were deliberately marketing to the black community, Um, but again. See, this is the thing with Biden before, he's like, he's doing it in the name of equality or criminal justice reform or trying to help the black community. I'm like, if, again, if you wanna help the black community and the war on drugs, that's gonna do a lot more good than banning menthol cigarettes, which isn't any really good. All it's gonna do is get more people arrested.
1: My question is this, is it wrong to market menthol cigarettes to black people? Is it, I mean, we market a lot of things to different people. Well, I mean, I guess I guess maybe we live in a day and age where it's probably not a good idea to market something based solely off of race, but we don't single that out in other things, you know? I mean, we don't single that out in in other pockets of things, whether it's uh, yeah. restaurants, whether it's clothing. What is wrong about it? And we would say, oh, it's because what? They're dangerous? It's because they, they have additional... What, what makes it wrong to do it?
0: Well, we do. I mean, we do market to different races and genders. I mean, if you go into the black community, there's certain um, posters of a liquor store that you'll see that you won't see in the white community.
1: Right. Now, so what is wrong about marketing menthol cigarettes to black so,
0: people? I don't, it depends what you define as wrong. See, for me, ethically, I have a problem marketing anything that is physically harmful people right you have, the, you have the personal sovereignty you do whatever you want That's your body um and legally like these companies have, as, in my opinion have every right to market in any way they want um i think it's really shitty yeah i think it's really unethical to do that when you're when you're running a company and that's the thing i talk a lot about we talk about um uh socially conscious investing or socially socially conscious business practices. You know, I feel like if I were, see, it's hard to say, like if I was running a cigarette company, you know, knowing that marketing to people See, I don't know. I don't really know how they market anymore, though. It's a lot, of, a lot of change. I mean, it used to be a time you could see cigarette ads everywhere. I don't know how they do Joe it. Joe
1: Camel. Joe Camel was the coolest thing growing up to me, by the way. And it's the reason why my brother wound up smoking Camel cigarettes. We thought Joe Camel was cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, but yeah, I, I, they definitely cut back on, on marketing in general with cigarettes, what they're allowed to do. Um, I don't even know what they're able to sponsor anymore. Like, you don't really see them involved in much. But at the end of the day, so long as the product is legal, which I get that they're trying to ban it. They're banning it for odd reasons, but what is the issue? And, and what would the solution to that issue being if, if the issue is that they're marketing something that's unhealthy, why isn't the solution to just not allow this unhealthy thing, which I still wouldn't necessarily agree with, right? Mm-hmm. But how does this actually... Fit the situation appropriately, even if you're on Team, ban cigarettes because they're bad. Ban menthol because it's dangerous. This is just such an odd. This is this is the state in which we we live in because it's so much more of a hot topic issue when we say it
0: like that. You know. See, and you're right. It's weird. Like why? Like I don't even remember this being an issue. Like maybe yeah. the community has been an issue because people are like, look, you know, too many people are smoking menthols in the black community. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean I I get it, dude. Black people have definitely something's been Newport. I don't know what, I don't know how, but they found their they found their audience, you know? Yeah. I mean it it's that way. Not everybody, right? Uh white girls who like to black date black guys smoke them as well. No, no, I'm just no, that's terrible. Dump button. <laughs> but but I mean, it's like, yeah, somehow they figured it out. They did something, but I mean, what makes it are they doing it because they want to kill them off? They want the, to market the more harmful ones to the community and like the yeah. less harmful ones to.
0: That's it because they need yeah. their. I mean, that's how they make money. They want to kill their customer. I mean, they're right. killing their customer eventually over time.
1: Right. I just don't even get how it's a problem.
0: It's suspicious. That's all I'm saying. It's suspicious to me. Yeah, you know. I, I, I... It's like, again, I get
1: that it's a problem, but I'm saying I don't even fully understand how it's any different of a problem than we already deal with across the board with almost everything dangerous that probably we should be cautious about selling. Marketing something bad is already a slippery slope ethically.
0: What do you think is more, and I don't know the answer to this question. I could look it up, but I don't feel like it (laughs) is more dangerous, um, Smoking cigarettes, or, or let's say, what, what I mean, what, emphysema and lung cancer, those are the two big things you get from smoking cigarettes, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Versus obesity. Yeah. What's, what's killing more people in this country? I don't know the answer to that question. I feel like or it's- more, or, or obesity? It's probably smoking, Ooh. but it's pretty damn close, too. What I, would guess, what I would guess
1: is that obesity is an indirect- Sort of synergy that plays a role in a lot of issues. For instance, with COVID, this is not just a COVID thing. The risk of obesity affecting COVID is not just a COVID thing. That is an everything thing. Mm-hmm. That is, you are compromised, and and you have a negative synergy attached to almost every health issue you could ever have ever ever. It probably is a greater risk to be obese and smoke cigarettes than it is. To not be obese and smoke cigarettes—that is not medical information. Don't take it to the bank. (laughs) But I mean, what? I mean, uh, yeah, I I would say for me, I would guess again because in general, it also depends on the amount you're smoking. It also depends on the amount you are obese, right? There's so many. There's so much gray area to this. But, but I would probably imagine that obesity at this day and age has to be a bigger issue in the States mm-hmm. in in America, if I had to weigh the two and, and it seems like smoking is sort of dying out. No pun intended. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like um less and less people are smoking cigarettes, yeah. although them, the jug things and all that, that uh vaping and stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, who knows what's going to come of that? I'm sure at the very least there's, there's stuff that is, not healthy about them that we don't fully know that we will eventually have to modify and then we'll, i'm sure we'll make it unhealthy in some other way or come up with some right. other option that right. will kill us as well
0: but see that's an interesting point you bring up though because with the, with the vaping thing welcome to my we world. got fans <laughs> in the in the vaping world it's kind of like some a lot of adults vape because it, get, it helps them get off of cigarettes but then again, here we go to the marketing thing. So for Jewel was marketing the kids for a long time. That's fucked up, man. That's a really yeah. shit to do. Um, that's
1: a good point too. A lot of things are marketed in in age categories. And and it's really weird that when you see things like marketed for kids. that That is like a really, that's screwed up. I mean, it's screwed up to market stuff specifically to black people too. Um, that that's dangerous. I get it. I definitely get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's not an issue.
0: Right. Hmm. If you're an adult, you make your own decision. No matter what color you are,
1: you know, I I, I think about this stuff all the time, man, you know, how screwed up is it that we oversee? I, I, this is a slope that you could go on forever because, um, I, I think about this with like, even, even something like the ethics of marketing a product that is based off of slave labor where large amounts of death is involved. Sometimes things are just too heavy for people to accept. Lithium ion. Now, as far as I know, this is still the case. It's one of the bloodiest markets there are, right?
0: It's actually cobalt. So when you—that that is? About- it is? You know
1: more than me. Go cool. on, because I knew this was your field. Yeah. How, how corrupt is our cell phone batteries? There are a lot of people dying
0: over getting them, That's right? Sure. So here's the thing about that. At least when you think about um, the materials that are used to make cell phone batteries or electric vehicle batteries there is a change happening so you're seeing more and more companies that are seeking to source these materials from mining operations that don't use slave labor they're doing it do it in an environmentally responsible way so even elon musk who who's saying you know he's hoping that they'll get to the point ultimately where all the cobalt they source will come from places that they can prove that it's like this you no know, child labor no slave labor done environmentally correct if we move in that direction, that's fantastic. I think it would really be important for us to do that. Um, in the U.S., this seems to be a big thing in the U.S. and, and, and uh, Western Europe, Canada. But you know, if you go to India or China, they're like we don't give a fuck where it came from. Slaves right. are what slaves are normal to us. You know, uh, yeah. it, 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 you bring up a very good that's point. Right. Give me one second here. you good
1: this podcast is recorded in
0: front of a live audience. Uh, we, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So the slave labor thing is actually a bit, a very interesting part of it. Um, you know, we are talking about with the, with the, with the cobalt and the slave labor, and there's a lot of stuff that happens. Oftentimes we'll say, we want to get our things from companies that are, um, are socially conscious, you know, they don't use slave labor that, um, you know, take care of the environment. And oftentimes those companies have to sell their products at a higher price, because they have to pay actual workers a, a, a real wage as opposed to nothing, which for evil, <laughs> yeah. slaves or a couple of pennies. So it brings up a really good point is like, what are we willing to do? Because I feel like in this country, it's like, it's all about the price. We'd rather, we would easily say, I'll, I'll pay 20% less um, or better. Let me rephrase that. I'm not willing to pay 20 to 30% more for something. Um, if it means that it, it came from a company that didn't have slave labor you know, or didn't. Right. You know, and that really sh- shows you what's important in this country. You know? Yeah. Well, you want to pay for something versus the livelihoods of people. Um and I mean, I'm, I think I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, I really try hard to buy my food locally. Um, and when I do make a large purchase, I do consider these things. But there's nothing that's completely environmentally benign, you know, yeah. or um, or just, you know, get buying something from a company at some point in, in the in the manufacturing process, you know, or the or the resource, the you know, moving the resources from point A to point B. Um, and developing those resources somebody got fucked along the way that's just Uh how it is I don't say it's right I don't think it's a good thing I really would like to see more of the you know the woke people talk more about that they're very quick to sit there and like shit on people who are rich but again it's like you have an iPhone you have a computer you know where do you get your food where do you buy your clothes how many people really take the time to figure that out oh it's too expensive if i if I buy these jeans, these jeans are seventy dollars. Well, yeah, they were made in the U.S. and they they uh, provided employment for people in this country, and they also recycle or do whatever it is to make themselves a good company. But I can get these other jeans over here for forty bucks. Okay, they were made by slaves, right. but it's like I saved thirty bucks.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I say it like this: it's 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 like it's great that you wear your mask and you go out and you save lives, and it's great that you stop buying Chick Fil A but you flick your cigarette butts in the street and you drive drunk. Like, you know, I, but, and, and, and what, what you were saying about the things you do, it's good to be aware that you inevitably are a part of problems, sometimes ignorantly, hopefully more ignorantly than out of choice, right? But you need to balance it with positive effect. It goes back to, to what I was saying earlier. It reminded me, it's like, I feel so strongly. It's more about trying to make decisions that have positive effect than being black and white 100% as like if solving all of the problems or doing your part to do the things that, that are within your means to have a positive effect. Whether it's bringing a bag with you and picking up trash when you go on your walks, uh, spreading the word of how, um, whether it's health-conscious stuff, like, hey, minerals are no longer in the soil, so we're not getting these minerals. We're not getting this. Just spreading healthy information to people, plastics and products, carcinogens in receipt paper, you know, hey, watch this documentary that's health-conscious. There's so many things. Um, Switching to straws because you feel so. Earth Day just happened not that long ago, so I saw all this stuff on my feed, and my friends, my my more, um, you know, conscious friends, of that and that nature were sending me a lot of information and it's it's definitely things to consider and i just think that you have to be aware you can't ignore that you're a part of the problem you can't ignore that we use cell phone batteries that potentially do this right we can't ignore that that the rubber and tire whatever it is but exhaust in our cars but we don't have to to crucify ourselves we don't have to We don't have to convict ourselves of, of heinous acts. Um, so judgmentally we, we are inevitably a part of the problem, but what we need to do is be conscious of it, do what we can and find our pockets of positive effect. You have got to find your way to have strong positive effect. And, And it is as simple as, like I said, for some people, it's volunteering their time. Um, dedicating lots of things some people donate their hair I mean I don't know I'm just saying that that I do believe that as long as you are doing something like my the the slam poetry people with some of them are so into certain things like like this this one lady we were talking about she got a TED talk talking about like racial inequality and oppression and self-love and all these sorts of things and it's like that is her fight you have a very strong effect on green energy. You have a very strong effect on politics. You try to do other stuff, right? But we can't do it all. You know, you could never do it all.
0: Right, and that's hard for me, man, because I'm like, I stress a lot when I see things and I'm like, I wanna do something about this. And sometimes I have to be like, dude, like you can't. You have to stop. You know, I tell myself, you have to stop. You have no more time to do this. You got three kids and a dog, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's funny, I got so you know, I run what my job, is I work as an investment analyst, and I, I focus on um, this idea of socially responsible investing. So I do a lot of stuff. And part of what I do is in clean energy. And with my the service that I run, I do a, an annual meeting where once a year, I host a meeting, any member of my group can come free of charge, I mean, if they get there, but free of charge, they come to the event. And I have CEOs of the companies we've invested in come and speak to the group. They can talk to them. They can have one-on-one meetings with them. Um, A lot of people really like, like these meetings. And um, I like doing it because one of the things I like about my job is that I get to allow or get to help retail investors, just regular everyday people go in the same room that is typically only available for institutional investors, you know, millionaires and billionaires. I like to blur those lines because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair that, you know, because someone only has a thousand dollars to invest that like they can't ask ask her question fuck that, you know, that thousand dollars to that individual could be a lot more, you know, in terms of like what they bring in to Elon Musk, who wants to invest five million dollars in something, you know. So I like doing that. But so when someone joins my group, I always say, you know, these are the the cities we're looking at this year for our, our meeting any of them do any any of these cities um you know vibe with you i don't say it like that I'm like yeah, which would you prefer yeah <laughs> and this woman emailed me last week and she was like um she's like why are you doing meetings in different places and having people travel that's so bad for the climate and you say you're all about clean energy like exclamation point and the funny thing was i was like and i responded to her very calmly saying look this is something that we've been doing for a long time that you know, our members expect it's something they get value. It's, it's a way I can bring value to 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 my to my clients, you know. Um, and I know that I can't control how people get to these destinations, but I do try to make them a little more, um, you know, I, I try to be conscious of the things that I can be conscious of. So, for instance, I never do these events at a hotel. I will find one second. They don't listen. Yeah. Give me one second, please. The caveat of being a cool dad. I just scream, "Shut the fuck up!" to my kids. Yeah, I could read the lips. I anyway, was like, oh, I saw so that one. What I do is, um, so like, I, I don't have at the hotels. I'll find like a, a local place that rents out a room. So the, there's the, all kinds of companies that rent out like the back room of a restaurant, or someone has like a lounge or something like that. They rent out um, and. By doing that, I feel like I'm giving, I, I'm, I'm putting money to the local economy, um, mm-hmm. which I, I feel goes a little, little bit further. And one thing I never do is I never use, um, one of the reasons I don't like hotels is using their catering services. So anytime I have something catered, I always go to a local restaurant and I go to local um, farms and I, I source all of our food from places that use organic, regenerative agriculture. You know, mm-hmm. I make sure that everything's as clean as possible these aren't big things. Okay. It just takes a little extra time to do it. Um, but that's it. just like you were saying, it's like just picking up trash on the side of the road or doing something simple. You know, I can't, I'm not going to stop doing these, these events because they're very important to people and it's, it's, it's part of what they pay for. Um, so I'm not going to stop doing it, but I will make every effort to ensure that, you know, we limit um, our, our footprint, you know, or a negative environmental footprint. So with the, with the food is a big one for me. Um, I always try to find a place too that is near a lot of hotels so people can walk to the destination. That's a big thing too, man. People ask me a lot. They'll say, um, well, listen, I don't have a lot of money. I can't afford an electric car or solar panels. You know, what can I do to help? And my, my number one thing all the time, is walk. Yeah. If you go somewhere, I- that is within two miles, and you are a healthy person, walk. Because seriously, yeah. why are you going to start your car to drive, you know, two miles or less to pick something up, go to the grocery store or something or go to the corner store? Just walk. It's better for you. You get yeah. the size that you need that you're probably not getting anyway. You know, and you're not, you, you're, you're not using your car. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's not that hard to not treat the planet like a toilet. You know what I mean? It's not difficult. You just got to make some fucking effort. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly it. It, It's making an effort. You're going to, things are going to slip through the cracks. You know, someone listening to this might be like, well, I can't walk with this, or I can't do that. Right. But you can do something else, right. You can be a positive effect. Like uh, having this conversation, not everyone's going to be conscious of the same things. This might have nothing. Well, this definitely has nothing to do with with green energy. But for instance, some people lend their time and and coach a team and and are involved in in the youth. You know, there, there's so many things. Um, I, I like to share the information I know. Not everyone's going to want to hear it. Not everyone's going to be interested. But somewhere, someone out there is dealing with injuries. They're dealing with with issues that I have as some sort of expertise or insight on and i use my platform the, the one social media my instagram that that we connected over i use it as a platform to share information and to also share others who do that sort of thing so i always want to if i see somebody and it's like wow they're giving great information it's not a sales tactic it's just what they know they're passionate like-minded sort of person boom try to get it out to my people it's only such a reach but it's like that is something that i feel strongly about i have no regrets not making a single dime off of something like that and i put a lot of my energy and time into it and same thing within my communities if i'm at the jujitsu gym and somebody has some sort of tweak i'm the first person to raise my hand hey if you want some help if you want some if someone to take a look you know I'm not going to try and claim I'm going to completely fix you, but I'm willing to give it a try. Don't worry about it. like
2: you know it's not it's not a business practice right now. it is
0: a Thank part you. of the way
2: i am
1: i I don't want to oh are you there?
0: Yeah, we, we for like the last maybe 10 seconds. You- oh, okay.
1: I just was saying that I like to be that role within my community of just generally trying to uplift. I I Sometimes it's a business. Sometimes I'm marketing myself to make money off of this sort of thing. But there are also a lot of times where I couldn't care less if I'm spending my time doing this because it's something I can be helpful in. When I was younger, I had a car issue. I I ran off the road, but you know tire bend, it needed a bunch of things a guy up the street he worked on the side as a mechanic he was a helpful guy he did it for free he just all i had to do was buy the parts he did it for free it didn't it didn't didn't hesitate one second when he had the time when he could do it he was going to do it he wanted to do it he didn't know me from adam he didn't know he barely knew me wow. he just knew i was a guy in the community who needed it he also does tree work for a living on his street Across the street, the church, he's not even religious. He does free tree work for the church across the street. Awesome. That's what I mean about community. And these are the traditions that we are losing. So that's actually something my, my anarchist friend mentioned to me today when we were talking about this. He says he's very conservative in the sense of of everybody trying to ruin tradition to change tradition in ways completely but like there are a lot of things for instance community values that we are losing and there are a lot of things that we don't realize are strongly negatively affecting our 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 our, our lives as people our our ability to uplift each other help each other i mean it's not as simple as keeping all traditions but but you know, I, I like that sense of community.
0: Some traditions you kind of want to get rid of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you don't want to be a purist on that one.
0: <laughs> but. Dude, I remember when uh, I found out that I was going to be a father to two boys, and um, and telling people in my you, you have twins. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, I maybe I knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. And I remember telling people in my immediate family and community that I was not going to have them circumcised. To me, that's a barbaric tradition. I have no interest in it. I think it's despicable. Yeah. And they're like, "But it's tradition," and I'm like, "Dude, it's mutilation." I'm sorry. You know? Oh, it's cleaner. No, it's not. There's there's tons of studies that have been shown that's not true. You know? There's but but the whole thing was but it's tradition. That was the excuse. But it's tradition. And I'm like, I'm not gonna cut my kid's dick because you said it's tradition. You know? And it's like. Oh, when they do it in Africa to girls, then it's barbaric. But in this country, if you do it to white boys, well, it's tradition.
2: Come on, man. Yeah,
1: that's true. No, I I hear that one. And it's funny because it's funny the things that we have hangups over. Like, I'm that way with women in body hair. I respect it. But if I see a big bushy armpit. I'm with you. It's on. just not. I'm just not that attracted to it. I, I thought maybe it's something I'd be willing to compromise on, but it's a pretty heavy compromise. Like I'd be willing to date a girl who has a prosthetic leg, but it. You know what I mean? It's going to take a little bit of. going to take a little bit of mental gymnastics.
0: I would take a prosthetic leg over hairy armpits, me or too. hairy legs, or hairy bush any day of the week. And if that me, makes uh, me too masculinity, then so be it. I know. I know. You're. I don't know what your
1: boys hearing this, but. Uh, when the bush goes way too far south and wraps all the way up, I'm like, oh my God, like, like I remember I, I dated a chick who just had the most amazing butt ever. The <laughs> most amazing butt. And I'm like, oh my God, it's ruined. It went from being the best butt to the worst butt ever. Like, keep your panties on. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, it is, it's a uh, funny, but 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 I also I also am aware and do have a sliver of guilt and i do get that this is not the future this sort of idea this this sort of idea is something that likely is going to change and it would be a change for the better circumcised penises being looked at the way they are is going to hopefully change as we become more conscious i i am in a different mi- mindset because it's just what i no, you know, to have this giant circumcised, no. But, um, you know, but but circumcision is so normal to me. And and it, it, I've thought about this, and I, I've i actually kind of thought, you know what, I would be on your team. I'm on team no circumcision. The more I've heard about it, the more people I've talked, heard talk, be very adamant about it. Um, but it is funny. It's a mental hang-up. I'm sure there are women out there who are like, I would never – Want to date a guy who has an uncircumcised penis? But times will change, and and you're a part of that positive change. It sounds silly. It sounds so silly to say that that is a kind of a heroic thing to stand up for, yeah. right? But but again, you found a fight that you believe in strongly enough to say, you know what? Screw this norm. Screw this one. I'm not doing that because I don't believe in it. And that is what is missing in a lot of people.
0: Right. And well, I like that. You know, the thing, it's interesting, though, to go back to the um, pubic hair thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I caught so much shit about that. And this woman I know I've been friends with for years, she's just like, I just don't understand it, Jeff. You know, you seem so, like, open-minded. I'm like, it has nothing to do, like you said, I don't care what you do, okay? You know, I just know what I'm attracted to. Like, I personally, I don't like skinny skinny women. Like, I like women with curves. That's what yeah. I, that's what I find attractive. I don't like hair. I don't like a lot of body hair. I don't find attractive. Even before I ever saw, you know, porn with women with no, you know, pubic hair. Right. Never. I just, I mean, it was there. I'm like, eh, you know, but like then when I realized as I got older, I remember the first girl I um, slept with who was like completely shaved. I was like, Oh, I love this, you know? And, um, and, and I always tell, like, I always think too, um, a conversation that you and I have to have later. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is, I will spend far more time below the border with uh-huh. the face if there's no hair. If right. You, Pick it up when I'm. Putting.
1: Oh, I yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and it's funny what the irony is. This is that we're always in flux of like moving away from traditions that are very excluding other sensitivities but almost always the solutions we come up with are riddled with problems like we have these these things that are what we are attracted to right we find the flaws in them so we find something new that we find attractive right and it's this sort of game but we're in a time where it is worse it is worse to say that you are are not a fan of hair, then it would be to just be somebody who looks at we we're talking about, you know, uh, of, of pornography, right of, of age discrepancies that are inappropriate. One of the biggest norms right now is one of the most insanely, insanely unethical things, right? So, I mean, we can't get too into that one, obviously, but you get what I'm going at, right? That is insane to me, the, how, the, the level of how we, we, we see something, well, this is unethical. But, but then again, we're missing the bigger picture is that there's a lot more, typically there's something bigger going on and this little thing that we have a hangup over, who really cares if Jeff prefers girls with curves? What's the big deal?
0: I mean, I don't know why anyone would care, you know? but there are
1: people out there who would that that you're influencing insecurities in others or yeah. you know whatever and it, i mean i don't know it's an odd one people are sensitive to that sort of thing like you said well somebody gave you crap about it but with the hair thing you know somebody gave you crap about the hair thing but eh, yeah you only like it's so mm-hmm. specific on this one yeah
0: <laughs> i mean we're very, we're very sensitive world today and I, I don't think it's such a horrible thing to be sensitive to certain things um it's just kind of like at what point do you go from being sensitive to just being compliant just yeah. going along with something just because someone says well if you don't go along with this then you're not uh you're not woke or whatever the word is you know and, and that's yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make a big stink about it i'm not it's not like a hill i'm gonna die on but i don't care. You know, it's like, yeah. it's definitely something that, again, we see the right and left battle all the time. You know, the right say, well, we're not it's making fun of people. Cause you're too woke. And the left's like, well, you're not woke enough. And I'm like, why? This is yeah. this is the dumbest conversation we could possibly be having right now. You know, but yeah. it's going on in the world. You're talking about, well, they're not. Now, okay. Let me rephrase that. I understand that words, words have, um, can have, um, Words can hurt, you know. So I mean, I understand that you know, calling a, someone a certain name that could be derogatory to them, or just saying something that's just offensive. I, I think it's I think it's good to to take note of those things because why would you want to purposely insult somebody unless you're pissed off at them or unless you're telling a joke? Right. And that's the weird thing too. It's like I kind of feel bad for comedians, you know, because I was just thinking nowadays it's like you say. If you're a, if you're a comedian and you say something that's in a, they say it's inappropriate, if I know that person's a comedian, like I don't even give it a second of thought. You know, it's like, well, they're a comedian; that's what they do. Now, if you're not a comedian, you know, and you're just saying something to be a dick, that's a different. That's different. I don't know where you draw the line. Is it what's professional an amateur comedian whatever? But I'm, I guess I'm just talking about people on like social media. that are just they're trying to be like. I'm not, I'm not woke. So I'm going to say this or that. It's like, dude, why, why, why? You're just for no reason. You're just being a dick.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: What, what I, what I kind of chalk it up is I just think it's, it's good to keep in mind that a lot of the things we are venomous over and a lot of the things we attack and don't like and are sensitive to we need to tread just a little bit lightly with a little bit of understanding because chances are we are being a hypocrite in some way. Like a lot of the things we have talked about is being aware of our own hypocrisy within the the things that we are critical of, right? And sensitive to. It's, It's being aware of the hypocrisy of being health conscious, Earth conscious in these ways, but not being it in those ways. It's being aware that, yes, maybe I'm sensitive to jokes about weight, body weight, right? But then I'm willing to laugh and be a part of jokes about AIDS, right? I mean, I'm, you get the idea, right? It's not like the most obvious connection of hypocrisy, but it's these sort of loose, this sort of loose hypocrisy makes us just lighten up a little bit and realize that we're, we're, you know, not everyone's in tune and sensitive in the same way,
0: I think. So, you know, I was, um, I was working on this joke this week and this guy at my gym, um, we always joke around about stuff and sometimes I'll run some jokes by him and I was running, and I, it's not even close to done, but I was running this idea by him and he thought it was i mean he kind of like laughed kind of like almost a pity laugh i don't think he really thought it was that funny um but this woman who was standing there i could tell that she was offended by the joke and actually you know what mike i am gonna pull this up and i'm gonna gonna buy you and you tell me if you think it's offensive i thought it was funny i kind of make fun of everybody you know right these things um including myself as a you know, a scrawny white Jewish kid. I mean, you know how many jokes I can come up with about being a strong white Jewish kid, a scrawny white Jewish kid? Lots of virgin jokes. Lots of unable yeah, yeah. to play jokes come out of that. Um, okay, here we go. And this is kind of like, I've been trying to do this thing where it is um, kind of like a SNL, uh, the news bits that
2: they do. Yeah. All right.
0: Now, bear with me, because this is not even close right, to yeah. done. Katie Sorensen, a social media influencer on motherhood topics, was recently busted for lying about a Latino couple trying to abduct her children. What tipped off the cops? No Latino couple would ever try to abduct a rich white kid. They serve no value. I mean, have you ever seen a Latino family? By age five, those kids are earning doing odd jobs, fixing shit, providing tutoring services for white people plagued with white guilt. You'll never find a rich white five-year-old doing anything helpful. The most helpful thing I've ever seen a rich white five-year-old do is shut the fuck up for five minutes. (laughs) You know what
1: I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So, no, I mean, all right, I'm good at playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I can see how somebody could possibly find it offensive, but it is so silly because it's like, it's such an obvious light as far as like the joke is the, is the point. It's not the parts of it that you could say, yeah, but you're marginalizing this and, you know, there are people out there who abduct kids and then they maybe try to make money or maybe whatever, whatever direction they take it. And I could see the directions people take it, but it is insane.
0: And now here's the thing. In all fairness, I have not finished the jokes. I want to add another part to it about that takes a little more seriously is if you think about, so this woman who did this, she's up for two misdemeanor charges. Had she gotten away with this, that Latino couple, they'd be doing time 100%. And she gets two misdemeanor charges for for doing this. Like that's some racist shit right there yeah like I don't know how to I'm trying to figure out how to make that funny you know but it's uh,
1: (laughs) what if oh my god dude what if your shtick was that you like went up there and told like a joke about something but then you wanted to make people socially conscious of like the brevity in the topic that you're talking about like caveat to that joke about AIDS look we, we make a lot of joke about AIDS we act like it's not a problem anymore but here's the truth about AIDS and you go on like your little stuff and then you're back to telling jokes like what if every joke came with its like socially woke disclaimer like tagline at the end yeah i i liked my 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 favorite i never really had edgy topic matter but but i would like to make things based around things that are kind of offensive like i had these series of jokes that i would like do like one-liners and i would kind of like say that they're offensive right and one of them was like, do you think it's kind of funny? Or I think it's kind of funny how many black and white movies came out during segregation, you know? And like, uh, and, and, and it would be like something like that, but there's absolutely nothing about that that's literally rooted in making a racist joke. Right. But it involves race heavily. I, I would even do it like it was a series, like one was like, uh, you know, um, if, if I smacked you in your throat as hard as you, as I could, you might be a redneck. And then I'd say like, if you are a native American, you might be a redneck, right? Like that is, that is like a, a racially that, or whatever, that, that is a joke that, but people would get offended by stuff like that just because the topic matter and the association and the framework of the joke were, you know, it's like absurdist sort of thing. Zach Galifianakis had a joke that I loved and it was, uh, I'm, I'm making a, a combination of MAD and the NAACP, Mothers Against the Advancement of Colored People. You know, just this like absurd, absurd sort of like reversal. And I mean, it is, it is obviously so offensive if you take it a certain way. But then it's so absurd that like that is part of the humor of it, right? Like it's this weird, what do you do with that sort of thing? Because you can take that thing really, that thing far. But it's way worse when somebody goes out there and they're kind of doing like an Andrew Dice Clay and they make a joke about like black people not tipping or something. And you're like, whoa, dude, like that's not cool. The brevity of it's not, it is extreme in some ways, but the intention is the problem. Like your intention has nothing to do nothing to do with racism it has nothing to do with anything it's like a little it's such a just a little silly thing about how spoiled brat sort of thing uh first world sort of kids uh etc you get it you wrote the joke but like what do, what do you do about jokes like that that aren't have nothing to do with being the I just think of the intention. I'm like, wow, that's a racist telling jokes. Yeah. Or wow, that's a, that's like a, an absurd person making silly jokes or that's a person I I think of it more of like a style of humor. Or I think of, wow, that person's really sexist. They just told a joke that was so fucking sexist. I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, I think the personality.
0: It's definitely, I think if you are a, a white male, I mean, there's, there are more minefields there for that, yeah. which I understand completely. I mean, how, for how many years did white dudes go up and sell, tell jokes that were like legitimately, like intentionally, like you said, intent, intentionally offensive? It, yeah. You know, probably hundreds. So I understand it and I get it. And I try to be conscious of those things. When I write something, I'm like, okay, is this funny or is this funny at the expense of somebody else? I don't want to be, I don't want it to be funny at the expense of anyone else, unless it's me, or like maybe right. someone I know that's in on the joke. I think when that that specific joke was kind of like it was really just kind of like observational more than anything.
1: Yeah, your your joke reminds me what you just said, and it actually ties back into what I kind of thought like what your sense of humor reminds me of. It's kind of like this, not as like bro-y and like like jockey and whatever is like a a daniel tosh mm-hmm. and but it has like it's like that is like a popular one that a lot of people know talk soup had that that sort of thing or like a um even like maybe on snl when they have the news anchors sitting up there and they make like the little comment after they tell the news story like that's the type of joke that i think of when you told me that yeah. I think of somebody making an s n l joke they they present they present the topical thing and then they make the little joke and that that how could that possibly be an offense it's such an obviously light as far as the heaviness of like the of the offense it's right. so yeah i can't believe that man but but yeah some people just they don't have those they don't have that sort of critical view so if you just say a couple hot words like buzzwords like oh you're making a joke about Latinos he's doing this they couldn't even defend it they probably couldn't even break it down as to why it could possibly be as
0: offensive as you or I could even probably do but they're offended they're yeah
2: triggered.
0: yeah I mean it's I think it comes with the territory if you're if you're trying to be funny um and you're ultimately probably going to offend somebody, I think. Um, right. Because most, most, most comedy, most humor is, is based off of observations, you know, like what your daily observations in life. I mean, I, th- I think that's true for, for any, any comedian, really. Um, and it's just how you see the world. And to me, I mean, I guess I do see the world. Like, I don't see the world as like, oh, we're all one... We're all one. Um, what they say? We're all one race, the human race. I'm like, that's just stupid. We're not. We're all a bunch of different races. It's okay. It's not. It's not a bad thing to say. Oh, there are many races. You know? Yeah. Okay. There's a human race, but we're in different colors. We're different sizes. We're different shapes. We're different ethnicities. We're different religions. You know? It's like instead of being afraid of that, you can either embrace it, um, and even use it as something to learn from, or you can ignore it. Um, but like, yeah. why, why act like it doesn't exist? Like, that, that, does that make racism go away? Acting like, acting like, you know, that, oh, well, we all bleed red. Okay, great. Well, we all have different blood types, too. So if, if you have a different blood type than me and I need a blood transfusion and I get it from you, I die. So technically, like, your analysis is unsound, <laughs> you know? Right. I, I'm, I, I
1: think of my own, when I think of, like, my own odd sort of things like I'm the type of person like I don't want to watch a Woody Allen film I don't want to watch a Kevin Spacey film anymore you know I don't want to watch anything with Bill Cosby I'm weird about watching Louis CK I'm very very weird about those things but if you told me that Charles Manson had like a book of artwork that that came out or something right I'd be like I want to take a look at that (laughs) when you tell me that it's like extremely demented crazy psychopath sort of person and there's like journals by them or they did stand up I'm gonna want to see that and it's it's funny because it's so it's so not right if the one's not right that clearly wouldn't be right or maybe the way I'm looking at it and when, on the other side is wrong maybe, maybe you could make an argument as to what's the big deal about laughing at something that's fun I, I don't I don't really know I don't know where you stand on that sort of thing but I'm very very particular about my art in odd ways mm-hmm. but I definitely have an odd interest in some extremely um I don't know the right word I don't know if it's depraved what whatever the word would be certain things like that they just pique my interest you know, I'm very uninterested in watching a racist uh, do much of anything. Yeah. Right. But when you take it a step further, <laughs> I'm
0: fascinated
1: in an odd way. What is that? You know?
0: I don't know, man. I thought I thought about that in the past, too. It's is it OK to watch the Cosby show still or watch one of his stand up routines? I mean, listen, the guy's a rapist. He's a right. Cool person. But you can't tell me that his stand up wasn't on point.
1: I, it's it's tough, yeah, I, it's tough. Yeah. I uh, It definitely depends on what you connect with. So like I connect with individuals in certain art platforms. Mm-hmm. When I go to a concert, I want to like the person I'm watching. I don't care about that they're a good singer. I don't even care that you're a good comedian if I don't like you, right? Yeah. But there does go back to that thing. There's an odd interest in extremely twisted, demented sort of people for me. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is. A lot of us have it. A lot of us have books on serial killers and yeah. stuff when we're younger and all that. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, like, like The Woody Allen example is a big one for me and Kevin Spacey because I love some Kevin Spacey. Films, You know, when I was younger, American Beauty, I thought was like such a cool movie. What a weird movie to watch now. Um, What a weird thing it is to watch a Woody Allen movie now and watch it with like a light sort of uh, scope. But I mean, growing up, Annie Hall, Manhattan, um, whatever. He's had a lot of uh, sleeper. There's like a a bunch of, of Woody Allen movies
0: I loved at one point in time. Dude, I remember reading Woody Allen books. College mm-hmm. and I thought they were brilliant. Uh, uh, I think it's weird. It's it's kind of weird. Like, and I don't know why this is, and I have no justification for it. But if I see the Cosby Show on TV, I might watch it. I don't. Yeah. I feel a little weird, but I can't, for some reason I get over it. I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not. I don't get over it, but it's kind of like I still enjoy the show. Like I can remove myself from reality to watch the show, but Woody Allen, I can't. I can't watch a Woody Allen movie anymore. And I don't even understand how like anyone would work with that guy. Can you imagine being an actor and they're like, Hey, Woody Allen wants you to do a movie at a time that many years ago, I'd be like, amazing. I get to do a Woody Allen picture. Now I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Dude. It's absolutely
1: insane. Um, In the jujitsu community, there's a guy, Lloyd Irvin. You ever hear that name? Lloyd Irvin. If you look into him, He's, I mean, the guy is cornering people in the UFC. Um, He's, uh, I believe he was even on one of the ultimate fighters as as a coach. Uh, He has a lot of gyms, a lot of Lloyd Irvin affiliates. It was big in the area, but at one point in time, there was nothing bigger in jujitsu than Lloyd Irvin schools, especially in the United States. I have a good friend who's a Lloyd Irvin black belt school anyway, there's all these, there's rape allegations. There's insane business practices. It's an insane laundry list. that's not worth necessarily going over because I don't want to quote. I don't have it in front of me. It is obvious the guy, like he even said, well, I didn't rape her because I couldn't get it up. Like essentially was one of his defenses over the years. But there's been way more things that have happened than that. Now, what makes somebody want to be an affiliate of that? what makes somebody want to be influenced and a part of that and associated with that people do the schools are successful it's a lawyer in school people know the history they choose to ignore certain things they choose to not care about certain things right I don't know what it is I'm with you I could probably watch the Cosby show I would feel weirder about watching um his stand-up but I probably could watch like if kids say the darndest thing mm-hmm. I could probably get over it. Right. I don't know why I could explain it, but it doesn't even matter because that only just explains the way I work. It's not explaining
0: what's right and what's wrong. Well, you know? it's interesting that we're talking about this because we definitely see this in politics, right? So no matter which side of the aisle you call home, there's somebody in your group that has done some nasty shit, you know, yeah. So it's like someone who, who rapes somebody on the left, the right's all over it. Someone rapes somebody on the right, the left's all over it. You know, you're both guilty. You know, mm-hmm. you, 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 there's no, I mean, if you if you really want to take the moral high ground, you can't walk away or make excuses. But it's so, like partisanship is so important. It's more important than morality. You know, and I don't think I mean, I don't know what the background is on Gary Johnson, but, like, I, I met the guy a couple of times. I've talked to them. He doesn't really strike me as a rapist kind of guy, you know? Right. But like, Trump? I totally believe right. Clinton? I totally believe that, you know? It's a, 100%. Like, you know, when, when they bring up about Clintons, you know, the, the left was like, they trivialize it. You say about Trump and then the right trivializes. Even the evangelicals were like, oh, well, we all make mistakes. Oh, we do? Really? We all make how many mistakes? It wasn't a fucking mistake. He did not give a fuck.
1: There's inevitable there's inevitable hypocrisies within our sensitivities. Yeah. Somebody is gonna hear somebody's gonna hear something that makes Trump come off as a sexist, and they are going to make that such an insane, especially younger people. You, it's a lot it's big with young people like how could you ever possibly you were the scum of the earth if you could vote for a sexist it's like yeah but what is the alternative like a warmonger or a this a that right. they're all a lot of things that are terrible if you look at it like that i always go back to and again, it's like Obama's a tough one, like even SNL, never willing to be, we've talked yeah. about this before and I hate constantly <laughs> shitting on, on one of the coolest guys in the histories of, of presidents. But I mean, the truth is what it is. I mean, you look at drone strikes, you look at all sorts of warmongering, stuff like that. It's a very, very dark thing that he was associated with. But Trump is a bad person and he is, he's, a, a, you know, in some people's eyes, Obama could do no wrong, and Trump is the devil. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but there's clearly hypocrisies (laughs) in the world.
0: People, but Obama's yeah.
1: (laughs) I like that stance. Yeah, they're they're both they're both probably a high degree. Or at this point, if you weighed the negative things that they've been a part of, no, whatever. And then it makes you wonder with this Woody Allen stuff, like how many people are out there like that? How many people are out there like Harvey Weinstein that 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 make it? okay to be harvey weinstein like we find out about these people but how many of them are out there known about it within the communities nobody talks about it you know cory feldman comes out tries to talk about all these people if there's a couple of them getting popped if it gets more prominent what really exists in powerful things like do you when you hear these things about like children that go missing like i'm not a conspiracy theorist or whatever but like I'm assuming there's something there to this kind of stuff. I I don't know. Well,
0: okay, so here's the weird thing. If you look at, like, Woody Allen and Bill Cosby, two guys that are fucking horrible people. There's not even a question about it. And I think most people, I think the majority of people in this country will agree with that based on what we know about these people. There are more people that will criticize a celebrity who really has no influence on, you know, has no access to a nuclear button or to geopolitics or any of that stuff. Things that fucking matter, you know? We let that shit slide when it comes to the most important decisions a person can make. But when it comes to a comedian or a director, <laughs> we're like, no, we're not, we're, not, we're not gonna take that. That's wrong, you know? That's fucking weird, man. So weird.
1: It's, it's really... I don't know. Like, go back to uh, Joe Paterno. Was not that his name? Joe Paterno at Penn State? Or what's his name? Yeah, yeah. That, that might be his name.
0: I think that was his name, yeah.
1: Penn State guy. I mean, everybody knew. Everybody knew. Or a lot of people knew that he was doing it. I'm, I'm sorry. Joe Paterno knew. Who was the guy who did it? He It was a there's actually a uh, oh man. What is that guy's name?
0: Weatherman in Baltimore, right? That has the same, the same
1: name. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It has the same name.
0: Name. He did a bit on that. He, he played in Baltimore and he was like, uh, he's like not to make light of the situation, but you know, you have a weatherman with the same name. <laughs> oh, who was it? I can't think of the guy's name.
1: I literally was thinking that when you said it, I was like, all right, well, I'll think of the weatherman first or the news, whatever the guy's always on the news. Um, well, regardless that situation, everybody or a lot of people knew that that was the thing and they they shook hands with this man they they were they played alongside this person and it's it's crazy to me that something like that could be out there without it really getting out there how could so many people know about this without it coming to light like how many people know people who I mean, this sounds crazy. How many people, especially in these higher social circles where you just feel this risk or you feel this protection of each other or within your community, within your family, how many people know people who have molested somebody yeah. and don't say anything?
2: Yeah. I, I
1: don't know anybody. You know, I know people that I think have have probably somewhat sexually assaulted people. Um, A lot of them had legal issues over it, whether or not they got convicted. Um, I've heard rumor, you know, somebody might shove, smack a girl. I've heard of stuff like that. And I believe it. But I mean, I don't know anybody that I know did that who didn't get convicted. I knew one guy who was a psychologist who went to jail for molesting kids that he was seeing. But how can you be a part of that sports team? Think of all the reasons you fire coaches. Think of all the reasons coaches get fired out there in the world. Especially, it's a college coach. It's not even a. It's not even the NFL. Not that that makes it much worse, but it, it does to me. It really does to me. Think about Catholic churches. How many people keep secrets or know or knew? Boy Scouts, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, I hate just you throwing them under the bus as if it doesn't exist right. in other circles. But we know it exists in those circles, so we, we can at least talk about them and not just blame people we don't know about. Yeah. But, but how can that go on and people know about it and they don't get it out there? What the fuck? Dude, that is insane to me. And and when I hear these rumors, you know, when I was younger and I saw that Bohemian Grove Alex uh, Jones thing, I mean, not that I'm an Alex Jones guy, but when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. And when I hear this sort of thing, I don't believe that the Clintons are out there freaking worshiping Satan and doing all this crazy stuff like you hear. But man, there is some weird stuff out there. I don't believe that the Freemasons are, you know, whatever, but you
0: get the point. Well, you know what? The, just talking about this, it makes me think about the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. How yeah. many, oh my how many God. World <laughs> leaders were hanging out with that dude and they didn't, they didn't go just to hang out with him. You know what I mean? And it's like, and those guys are walking the streets, like nothing happened. Nah, we're good.
1: To Trump's defense. This is like the one thing I will say to Trump's defense. And I could be wrong. And for all I know, the guy was out there boning kids with them all who knows. Right. Oh, sure, but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, he was one of the only people that that I think he banned or like had, and this could just be conservative propaganda that 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 leaks this sort of information. It could be false information. So, um, but but he was one of the only people known to like cut ties and like I want nothing to do with this man ever. I don't want to be associated with that. Right. But, but the, the Clinton, no, after thing really the
2: fact,
0: he was already, exactly,
1: he, <laughs> exactly, man. Like he probably realized, okay, this is a, you got to get out while you, you know, get, collect your, collect your uh, wins and get out. <laughs> yeah. You cash out. Um, but yeah, it, people, if you were somebody, if you were somebody who thought Bill Clinton was the best president of all time, is that going to change your mind? No. Jeffrey Epstein's not finding about the warmongering is not going to change it finding out about the warmongering of president obama is not going to change your mind if you think he or if you think he deserved a nobel peace prize it's too much confirmation bias and it's too hard of a pill to swallow you know what we're talking about right now hard to swallow pills mm. cell phone battery Nah, that pill's too hard to swallow we don't want to we don't want to swallow that one the fact that there's boy section and girl section in in, in toy stores we want to tackle
0: that one <laughs> not
1: a, not a hard to swallow pill
0: yeah <laughs> you know Well, even if you approach those things, you talk about the cell phones, how many times do you see people, well, at least I see people on Twitter that will attack Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, you know, for making all this money and all these people are poor, but they have all this money, you know, and, and they're, they're part of the problem, but I'm like, but you're using their products. Right. Or you benefit from their products, you know, whether it's an electric car, maybe you don't have an electric car, but you're a big believer in electric vehicles. Or it's Amazon, you know, maybe you don't order anything from Amazon, which is unlikely. Um, but, you know, somewhere along the line, that supply chain, you are connected to Amazon. Yeah. You know? So what it's, you're right. It's like, what are we, we all have a threshold, I think. I'm yeah. willing to, I'm willing to, I'm willing to accept this much before I have to call bullshit you know yeah
1: yeah now this is interesting Halloween like like how offensive how offensive would you find it if I wanted to be Adolf Hitler for Halloween right <laughs> like War dresses up they have Hitler come out I mean at least they kill right. him or do something right they're superheroes about it but but let's say I wanted to be Adolf Hitler for Halloween let's say I want to be Mr. T and I wear a little blackface maybe he's my favorite person ever What if I'm the biggest Mr. T fan and I love him to death and I would just love to look exactly like Mr. T. And I find the perfect makeup artist. I put all this, I cannot wait to be Mr. T. I love him so much. I can't do that. But, you know, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has it in an episode.
0: Right, but if you love Mr. T, you would never do that because you know Mr. T would not approve.
1: Yeah, you, there's a factor. It's definitely a fine line. Like only a younger me would ever think something like that is like legitimately okay. Like yeah. there comes a point in time where you realize that, that stuff like that's wrong. But, but again, you could see the framework in which it's not inherently wrong, just like your joke is not inherently wrong because it covers topics or it does things that is inevitably going to offend certain people's sensitivities right. you know it's not great to walk around dressed up like adolf hitler just to make a little gag joke <laughs> right you know there's a time and a place a guar concert's probably a better opportunity to have adolf hitler on stage or or whatever you, you get the idea um well you but, make it
0: interesting if you want to go off adolf hitler you go off of like you can go as like a dead adolf hitler or adolf hitler or exactly
1: yeah, uh, get something bad, right? Something, something distinctly uh, uh, slanderous towards him. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, but it is. I, I do think about that as like such an odd one because you could see the that that's where like the intention versus offense, or it's like somebody could think, oh my God, there's nothing worse out there than than this person who thought it would be a good idea to, to, to wear blackface to be Mr. T. But mm. that same person, you know, supports a president that does X, Y, and Z. They're lenient for that. Or their friend who's a defense attorney who who knows that they are getting criminals off the hook for money. They're okay. They're just doing their job. Or the car salesman yeah. who sells the used car that they know is a lie and a fraud to that mother, that single mother who who who's scraping her pennies and nickels together to find the car at CarMax finally that she can get. No offense to CarMax, but but you know, and and they're frauds. They're, they're scamming this person. That person's just doing their job, or they're not the worst. You're the worst for Mister Teeing it, not supporting Mister Teeing it. I don't have a strong uh, dog in that one. I think it's generally it's wrong, and I get it, and I don't want to do it. But I don't think it's as big of a deal as somebody might make of it. That's how I see it, you know, because look at all these big deals that people don't care about and then look at the
0: little deals that people care a lot about. Weird thing. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I think you bring up a really valid point. It's like sometimes things are too hard to take on or sometimes you don't even want to take them on. You know, I know as, I've definitely been in conversations where I'm talking about racial justice and I'm, you know, it's all white people in the room and people look at me like I'm an alien. Like it's almost like what are you talking about? Like, you know, there's no such thing as white privilege, you know. And having that conversation with people, and I'm like, no, there kind of is, you know. There is a thing called white privilege, and I I know it exists because I've spent enough time in Baltimore doing shit that other black people have done and never gotten in trouble for it, you know. But they did. But having that conversation, sometimes people are so like quick to be like, no, there's no such thing. I don't want to talk about it. You know, you're wrong. And I'm like, I'm just trying to have a a rational conversation. If you don't want to talk about that's cool. Like I'm not, it's again, it's like, not, it's not like a hill I'm going to die on. Now, if you start dropping the N bomb and and being like, you know, intentionally racist, then I'm going to say something. Right. And then I'm out. But I mean, it's not Uh. yeah, I think we can only take so much and I'm guilty of that. I'm sure I am. I mean, there's certain things I'm like, I just don't want to fucking talk about this, man. Cause it's like, I can't, I can't handle the reality of this, the truth.
1: Um, I think, uh, I think it's a good distinction to make that we are (laughs) a libertarian podcast that is very well aware and will be the first to bring up that cops fuck over black people. (laughs) Like, like, Duh. And and yeah, but when you're in like all white circles in certain areas, people don't want to hear that, man. Some of them, they, they are really, they, I think it's a pendulum effect. Because people take it so far in one direction, they're the ones that try to balance it in the extreme opposite. Privilege is the best example of that. Like, no, okay, man, we're not trying to say that the only, at least – I'm not trying to say that the only privilege exi- you know that exists is white privilege and everyone else is just some form of oppressed, some form of not, not having privilege, right? There's all sorts of things. So you see these people who have chips on their shoulders because they grew up dirt poor. They grew up without being able to have all these opportunities or they think of all the privilege that they didn't have and they want to say, well, hey, I'm a white guy and this. Yeah, but see, we're, we're making generalizations for people to, to understand 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 things. There's always going to be subjective specifics, but it's just important to realize that privilege is a thing, right? Right. You could take it as far as you want and you could look at the privilege in all sorts of ways and then yes yeah, somebody could argue yeah but look at affirmative action look at this how many people got jobs because they're this and those people love spouting off those facts those are like the racists who like will be the first person to say well i'm not racist but <laughs> you know, those are the people who are like well i'm telling you i think you can do it i'm the one who's trying to lift you up i don't think you need the handouts i don't think you need to rely on the government you can get a job you can do well you know i'm that white guy I hear him. I God, this rural gym. I love the people. They don't know any better. I love them, typically. Some of them I hate. <laughs> One of them thinks he's Rush Limbaugh, and I hate him. And we butt heads heavily. He gets very racial. One time I had a really – I almost got into a fight in the gym over this man. Wow. Yeah, when I was pro-Obama, he was going around the gym telling everybody I was pro-Obama, blah, 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 blah. And this is back – like that was actually like a damning thing in this area, right? Like people were coming up to me, oh, my God, you're this and that. First of all, it was the second election. I'm like, well, I'm not. I actually like this Ron Paul guy. Um, you know, at the time, I was like, that's when I was like Ron Paul was the, the second. I guess it was 2012. I was very Ron Paul. 2008, I was very Obama. And then eventually, I just said, oh, my God, to hell with it all. I think the world's just going to end. Like, that's, that's my political lineage. Well, this guy starts like a big thing over it. And he's telling everybody all this stuff. And then, you know, I'm coming up hearing all this stuff about racially charged this. The racists come out of the woodwork back that they were coming out of the woodwork. Like, oh my God, all of you guys are that racist and that worried. They thought they thought that Barack Obama, like a lot of white people, were legitimately worried that it was going to be black takeover, I Muslim know. takeover, whatever. Did you know this Muslim church he went to? Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, and then President Trump with the birth certificate stuff. Oh, my God. Remember when he was trying to say that he wasn't an American citizen? Jeez, dude, it's crazy. People forgot that one in a hurry. He well, was know, dead wrong about thing.
0: that. That's the thing, you know, with um, Newsmax the other day, they got they were getting sued by Dominion. And they had to come out and apologize saying that, OK, we didn't tell the truth about the voting irregularities or whatever it was. And it was just like, a, you know, they, can't, they they put out a response about it. The damage has been done. You can't you know you can't drop a bomb on a city and be like ah oh, you know what i fucked up my bad like right. the damage is done so like all the people that wa- that watch newsmax or listen to newsmax they believe the lies that they've been told they're not going to change their mind and that's kind of like the new status quo like i think i think that happened with washington post and new york times today too like i think they said something that was a lie about rudy giuliani and they had to put out a um what do you call it a re um uh, what do you call it again what do you put out something that's
1: not true. Oh, I know what you
0: mean, but yeah. uh, not even I don't know think. what it's called. can't even think of the, Yeah, can't even think of it. Anyway, they had to come clean and say, ah, oh, we, we didn't tell the truth about this. It's like, that's not okay. That's not okay. You can't just make shit up and be like, ah, oh, I was wrong. Because like, that's the new thing now. Like people do that. Like all news sources do that from CNN to Fox. Left to right, they all fucking do that. They're like, oh, we fucked up. Nah, man, you didn't fuck up. There's a difference between fucking up and intentionally doing something and acting like it was a mistake. Right. You know, and that's like the new thing. And it's it's really dangerous, man, because like you said, people are so loyal to their party or their political philosophy that once they once it goes in, it's not coming out.
1: I think that explains why people don't call out Hollywood when they're a part of it. They don't call out the Catholic Church when they're a part of it. Mm -hmm it's that it's that team uh that that group you defend your group you you don't you don't call your family out on their shit you don't do certain things like that, certain secrets you just you don't do it they're they're i don't know I think there's a big link there to a lot of the stuff we've talked about to the whole political thing yeah of being so tied to the left, so tied to the right, you know just anything that makes your party look better is for the greater gain in the long run they 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 want to see it through that lens so we're not going to look for the truth. We're going to look for the Democratic positive movement, the, the, the Republican positive. It's always just, yes, I agree with that. It goes back to that thing where like nobody, everyone, every Republican who was a Trump person, they would never say that Trump was an idiot and made stupid comments. They would say he needs to get off the Twitter.
2: Right. St-
1: you know, they don't want to actually call it for what it is. They just need to say he needs to stop putting this stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't want to
0: call him an idiot. I really wish the Libertarian Party could appeal more to the left. Because I did, like we talked about this before, there are so many issues that, that would appeal to the left that are libertarian issues. Um, but there, again, there's a messaging problem. Because I don't see as much of this in the Libertarian party in terms of, you know, in fact, I feel like for the most part, Libertarians are like the first to like call, call people out within the Libertarian party if they start playing that game. Yeah. I would love that, you know, it's, again, it's, and I think this is, a, is a, um, a drum that we will continue to beat is the Libertarian party's, party's messaging problem. Um, yeah. It's like, we're not gonna get anywhere Not just the messaging problem, but how you diffuse that information uh, to the masses. Because we're seen as fringe. But honestly, like to me, libertarianism is, there's nothing fringe about it. It's the simplest thing. It really is. It's very, very simple. Um, And I don't know why that message is so hard. Maybe because the, the institutions of Republicans and Democrats are just so strong that it's just like no matter what we lob over boom they just whack it right back like you can't Yeah. You.
1: I I I think that I hate being the person to say this in general because I, oftentimes I think it's such a um usually it's done for the wrong reasons or through the wrong person but it would be nice to have say like you know somebody like 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 proud I'm sure there are. There definitely are. But like you, you know, I think you've mentioned a libertarian woman in in politics that 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 you knew or, or something. I believe you've mentioned a name of something like that, but I didn't know you are talking about. But but like more 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 people of color and more women mm-hmm. would probably help people realize that it's not it's not just like a bunch of I I don't know if people typecast it as being like a racist sort of thing, but I mean you never know in in the sensitivities of today it's probably easy just to look at all all these white men and be like, "Oh yeah, well that's a it's a yeah. white male thing." Yeah. I wish it wasn't seen as that because I think it's really so far from having anything to do with with sex or or race. Like it's so far from that. And that is that should be a bigger selling point is that you know, I, I do think that it should speak more to everybody in that way. I think more white, white men know, know about libertarianism.
0: You know, there's a really great book called The Big Payback. Um, and it's about the history of the business of hip hop. And it goes from like the early days back in the 70s up to Jay-Z. But it doesn't talk about the music or the lyrics or anything. It talks about the business of hip hop. It's very, very libertarian. It really it is. The, the, the basic constructs of, of how hip hop grew um, was very libertarian because if you think about it, like when rap music first hit, it was like, it, it was taboo, you know, like the majority of the, of the United States was like, we are not interested in this stuff. It's scary. You know, it's they're speaking truth. They're speaking in a different dialect. You know, it's black people and they have a voice. And we didn't want black people to have a voice because that was not something that you typically had, not at least not at that level. But if you look at the business of hip hop, what they did was, you know, the hip hop community really took control of their own financial situations because they had to. In the yeah. beginning, Warner Brothers wasn't signing rap groups you know or sire or epic whoever it was then eventually they came around because they saw there's money to be made but at first they didn't so the hip-hop community really took it to their own hands and made something out of it you know even if you look at jay-z's rise dude's a fucking billionaire he's like a legit billionaire he didn't become a billionaire because he let someone else take his product and market it and break him off a little something he controlled the whole fucking thing and that's a very libertarian, in my opinion, a very libertarian mindset. You know, it's like the idea of you are responsible for yourself. You can't blame anybody else for whatever situation you may be in. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a tough situation, then you got to figure out how to get out. Again, it's easy for me to say as a white dude. I get it. But, I, but I, again, it, it, the, I, I, I highly recommend the book. It's a fascinating read. And even there's like a lot of shady shit that happened too. Like a lot of that early stuff was funded, you know, by like, I, no, nobody knew where the money came from. It was drug money. They got around a lot of different things. They did a lot of legal shit. But you know what? They kind of had to do illegal shit because they weren't allowed to play within the confines of the legal market. So they right. did what they had to do. Now, what form of music today is, is more profitable than rap music, or dance music, I guess, which is, you know, an offshoot of some rap music.
1: Yeah, no, you're 100% right. No, that, that sounds very
0: fascinating and true. It's a cool huh. book, man. It's called The Big Payback. Um, it's a it's a pretty thick book, but it's a qu- it's a fairly quick read. About a thousand pages, but I mean, it, it reads pretty quick. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, I wish I remember who wrote it, but it was, man, it's a fucking great book. I, I think it's a good book, not just because I'm a big fan of, of rap music, but and just gave me an insight into something that I love, but also from a person who just really loves the idea of free markets, you know, and, and I really love the idea of overcoming odds in, in the world of business. You know, like you got, you, you come, you're going to sell something or create something that the world is telling you, it, they're like, no, we're not ready for it. And you're like, oh, you're going to be ready for it. And I'm going to make sure it happens. And I'm going to make money in the process. I love that shit. Hell like yeah. Elon Musk with the, with the electric car. Everybody shit on that guy. Get the fuck out of here with this electric car. Now look at him. Second richest guy in the world. It's a big fuck you to a lot of people. I love that.
1: <laughs> I love it too. No, it's uh, it's not something that everybody's going to be able to figure out or do. But you definitely can't, can't let that stop you from trying, you know. you, you I think at the very least like not that everyone should aspire to be that level but but to find some semblance of success and comfort and security you know you you definitely have to have the vision and the desire to make it happen yeah. not saying it's going to happen hey I might never make a lot of my goals might never come into fruition but I, but you got to fight the fight
0: that's a good caveat because seriously I thought about that the other day, how every time if you ever talk to someone who's famous or has been very successful, and they'll say, you know, what what message do you have for people that want to do this or do that? And they'll always say the same thing. Never give up on your dream. Never get Just keep fighting. Never give up on your dream. Dude, 99% of people will never give up on their dream, and they'll never fucking make it. That's life. life. It fucking sucks, man. But that's life. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, keep doing it. Keep working at it. Well, I think there's something to that because... Even if you never make it, how fucking boring is your life going to be if you're not even trying exactly yeah. some people have made
1: yeah. it, and they don't get to live the life I get to live following my dreams, not making it. Yeah, right? I'd rather follow my dreams and not make it than make it at b g and e than make it at you know make it somewhere else that I'm not doing what I love or or following my dream, right yeah, I, I don't know i uh i my th-
0: dreams change, but I think sometimes too maybe it's with younger people that they think like I want to be a musician or I want to be a fighter or I want to be an actor and I'm never going to give up my dream but the problem is when they have to put the work in and the sacrifice I think that's a big thing too when you got to work for no paycheck not just once but consistently until you've earned the privilege of getting a paycheck for what you're doing Right. A lot of people don't want to do that. I mean, even like in the world of writing. So in my world where I do a lot of finance writing, I've definitely hired, hired been responsible for hiring people. And I've had people fresh out of college come in and they're like, I want 80,000 a year. I want four weeks vacation, two weeks personal time. And I'm like, I can hire a blogger to write me a blog for $5. Yeah. You know, we start, well, at the time, we were starting people off at 27000 a year, and you get your full benefits after three months, after you're there for three months. And they're like, I got a college degree. I don't, I'm not going to do that. All right, yeah. go 10 bar. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. Like, <laughs> I'm a dozen. What the fuck makes you so special? Exactly. You, know, you have a college degree? Yeah, so do I. Big fucking deal. Doesn't mean shit. Unless you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be a doctor. You know, unless you're going to do something that requires some tangible fucking skills. But writers, come on, man. I can, I can get a co- computer program to write shit for me. I can outsource this shit to India from people that don't even speak English as their first language. And I guarantee it'll be just as good as anything you can write. You know, it's like, so don't come to me talking about 80,000 a year. And people don't really, you know, and I'm, I'm generalizing. But there's a lot of people that they want a lot of big things. They want this the big reward. And it's not that they're not willing to work for it, but I think sometimes they're so naive, they don't realize how fucking hard you have to work for it. Yep. You know? There's a
1: return. There's a return for it. But you got to put in that sort of work a lot of the times. Yeah. Let me think
2: about
0: how you feel after you have a a tournament. Okay? Like every fucking thing you put into that. I'm not even saying if you win or you lose. Like you just took yourself to a place that how many people could do that? right what percentage of the population could get there it, it wouldn't
1: even matter like it would be cool to make money off of it but i enjoy paying to show up and do that i pay to do it people <laughs> who run marathons pay yeah. to do it oh, yeah, people, yeah, when they do it at a high level
0: you know that's what people say when you when you do crossfit they're like why do you pay why do you pay to do something when you're done? You're like gasping for air and you're laying on the floor. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I feel so fucking good, man. Like when I'm done, I feel fucking fantastic. And this is what you have to understand. Like for me, when I was in high school, I couldn't do a single pull-up and the gym teacher fucking made fun of me for that shit. I mean, that fucking destroyed me, man. I sucked at every fucking sport. I was the scrawny kid that got bullied all the time. You know, so the fact that like, I can go do something physical now. Like, I do, I'm constantly like the low end of the class. Like, if there was a competition, there's 50 people in my class, I'm probably gonna be like 47, 46, maybe right. if I'm lucky, you know? I don't fucking care, man. I'm doing it. That feels fucking great. Now, obviously, I'm not trying to do this for a living. This is not my job. So maybe it would be different then. But I think we've talked about this too. I think anything in life worth having um, is is going to require like some considerable effort and sacrifice. Mm
2: -hmm. And if you're
0: not willing to make it, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Some people just don't, don't want to do that, but don't sit there and tell me that I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be a singer. If you're not practicing every fucking day, if you don't have a, you know, or if you're not writing or if you're not learning an instrument or if you're fighting, tell me, I want to be a fighter, but you're not in the gym every fucking day you know what i mean if you're not learning that's a big thing too people don't want to learn from people i don't need i don't need any help mm-hmm. yeah you do if you didn't need any help you'd already be fighting <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a point yeah for sure yeah i mean i'm sure you probably get that too with people that you train oh, right? yeah
1: i get it with everything man you know people tell me they'd be good at comedy people tell me they'd be good at this i could do that i already know how to do this you know, they, they ask you for your help only to want to tell you what they're already doing and what they've tried and how much did you try it? How much did you really do? How much are you doing what you know, or they just want to ask the questions to not put forth any of it. They want to be the person that knows everything about stuff they've never practiced. What's the point of knowing it? Sometimes people talk like, like politics and stuff. I love paying attention to the things that are important to bring up for, you know, like, like, uh, understanding things and maybe keeping certain views in check. And and it's nice to be conscious of things, but I want to know things I can be, have a practice in and an involvement in. What do I want to know what the best diets are? If I'm eating Ben and Jerry's every night, I know that's not right. If I'm not willing to follow what I know is right, and I'm not willing to follow any path, what does it matter knowing more paths? I got people who just sit at home and they, they try to, you know grants it talk about all these things like philosophical views and all this it's like oh my god you don't do anything you don't do anything and you want to be this person of great knowledge i don't know
0: dude i have i make an an effort consistently to keep sweets out of the house i mean my kids always have sweets but like ice cream you mentioned ben and jerry's i will fucking destroy a couple of pints of that shit easy so I know that when the weekend comes, because typically in the weekend that's when I like to get high as fuck. Mm-hmm. I gotta keep that stuff out of the house, because if it's in the house and I'm high, like super high, pfft, I'm eating. Yeah. So, and I know, like, I I told I told my my uh, my cousin this actually. I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I gotta keep it out of the house. He's like, well, dude, maybe, you know, that's some self control issues. You need to work on that. I'm like the self control is me not buying it okay exactly I know that if i'm high self control is off the table you know yeah so i'm making i'm making a, a proactive move to keep it away you know it's kind of like stretching before you work out you don't just jump into the workout you know you got to stretch a little bit especially as you get older yeah. you know it's a horrible analogy but you know what i'm saying no i know what you mean <laughs> Well, listen, this has been a great podcast. I don't really know how much libertarian minded stuff we talked about today, but, um, but maybe, you know, I guess there's some, we talked about things that maybe people don't want to talk about. And I think there's some libertarian values to that. It's important Mm -hmm. to talk about things that, it's important to talk about race and acknowledge race. It's important to talk about um, your own preferences uh, in life whether it be for love or for your career or whatever it may be, or for sex, it doesn't matter. It's like there are oh. your preferences. You're, you're, you are um, allowed to have your own preferences and not be canceled for that. Um, and I think that's a libertarian value. So I'm going to spin it any way I can. Yeah. <laughs> like we're sticking on topic. Being we related
1: things through libertarianism more
0: than enough, I think.
1: Yeah, we, we, we definitely. Yeah, I think so. Hey, it's kind
0: of libertarian. If if anyone says that we're not being libertarian enough, then that's not a very libertarian thing to say. Very true. All right, brother. Thank you. Another great podcast. Definitely. See you next week, everyone. Mm -hmm. Be well and be free.
2: Awesome.